This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. Taylor, we are coming off a Red River shutout. 49 to nothing in the Cotton Bowl. First time Texas has shut out the Sooners since... 1965 57 years ago and texas fans it was like a day at the spa for texas fans yeah i don't think i didn't think that would happen in my career chip did you i mean 49 to nothing certainly not the way things have been going the last 15 years at oklahoma uh it is clear that oklahoma has some major rebuilding to do under Brent Venables. But here we are, Taylor, we're at the midway point of the season, which just is like crazy to me. But we're halfway done with college football, which makes me sad. Yeah. But also makes things very interesting for the Longhorns because they were four and two at this point a year ago. Right. Four and two this year, but they're obviously coming out of the Oklahoma game in a completely different direction than what they were headed in a year ago. So my question for all of our Texas fans listening to the flagship podcast is how good do you feel about Texas? How good should you feel about Texas knowing that the best teams on your schedule are still ahead? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question, Chip, because you're right. I don't, I think that, you know, prior to the season, I, I thought that the month of October was going to be a tough challenge for Texas. And um, especially, you know, as it wore on with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, all happening before a bye week, eight games before they have an off week at all. I thought that was going to be a really brutal part of the schedule. And I would say this from my personal perspective, and I want yours too. With Texas sitting at four and two right now, and you go back and look at the losses, their losses at the end of the day. I get it. Trust me, I'm not. There's there's no asterisks, you know, with uh, with losses on the the stat sheet or on the record books or anything like that. The two losses are of a total of four points. One point loss to at the time the number one team in the country. Then you know that kind of anomaly loss at Texas Tech. I would say right now I would feel better about where Texas is sitting at four and six at this point of the season than I did last season for Texas. Where, where you stand on this at four and two, or excuse me, four and two, I'm sorry, six games into yeah. the season, four and two, I feel better than I did last season for Texas moving into the latter half of the schedule. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like the, the defense is playing better. They're more connected. Um, they're, they're, making their presence felt up front. Jalen Ford, for crying out loud, is leading the Big 12 in tackles, not just total tackles, but solo tackles. And think about where the linebacker position was a year ago. It was, you know, struggling to grasp this Pete Kwiatkowski defense. Um, you know, and now you've got the Big 12's leading tackler, middle linebacker. He Jalen Ford's playing well in pass coverage and He's getting into the backfield, making plays. I mean, he he's grasping 
what is being required of him in this defense. And, and then you look at what Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carter have been able to do in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And we saw a hint of something special in the cotton bowl to me with Quinn Ewers. Now I'm not ready to, to throw the, the confetti in the air and pop champagne, pop champagne until we see them take their show on the road. But this week's game against Iowa State, Taylor, is a is a good test for Quinn Ewers in this Texas offense because we know that they've struggled to run the ball at times this year. Early in games, they struggled to run it against UTSA and against and they struggled to run it late against Texas Tech. Couldn't run out the clock, couldn't hold on to that 31-17 lead. Oklahoma is a bad football team is coming apart at the seams right now. So that was a feel good day at the cotton bowl, watching the crimson all, you know, funnel out to the funnel cake. Yeah. Uh, but you got Iowa coming in. Iowa state is the number one scoring defense, the number one run defense in the big 12 and the number one pass defense. We know John Haycock, the defensive coordinator at Iowa state, the three, eight cloud. He's got veterans at every level of this defense. That defense has kept Iowa State in games. I mean, for, they lose 14-11 at Kansas. They lose 10-9 last week at K-State. If the offense could do anything, Iowa State, who's lost three games by a combined 11 points, could be a factor in this Big 12 race. But now they've lost three in a row. Everyone's counting them out. That's a that's a dangerous uh time to be facing Iowa State when Matt Campbell says things like winners lose but losers hide and we're not hiding you know Matt Campbell's a good coach he'll he'll find a way you would think to get this offense going especially when you have Hunter Deckers who's thrown for 11 touchdowns um, and leads the Big 12 in passing yards and has the number one receiver in the Big 12 in Xavier Hudson who leads the Big 12 in re receiving yards and receptions and is tied with Jatavian Sanders for the lead in touchdown receptions with five, Taylor. I mean, this feels weird. Texas opened as a 14-point favorite, and the line got to 16. Yeah, that was – I mean, when was the last time Iowa State gave up 16 points? Right. You know, that that is kind of unique and it's it's a little it's a head scratcher a little bit. I'm kind of curious what the what Vegas is seeing there, because, I mean, as you said, the loss to Kansas State 10 to 9, though, um, they lost to Kansas, right? 14 to 11, I believe it was. I mean, and then they did. I guess the last time they gave up more than 16 points was against Baylor. But, you know, that this is a this is an interesting and very intriguing matchup. When when you talk about the Iowa State run defense, you know, they, Kansas State has a really good rushing offense. They're one of the top 25 in the country this season, led by Deuce Vaughn, obviously. Um, but one thing I after talking to the Texas players on Monday, Bijan Robinson came out and he talked about that performance last season against Iowa State arguably one of his worst performances of his college career. He had two fumbles, very uncharacteristic of him to fumble the ball. I know he had that fumble against Texas Tech. That was a great play by the Texas Tech defender, honestly, enforcing that fumble. Um, but it's hard for me to sit there and think that Iowa State at this point is going to entirely shut down the run defense for Texas because you could tell by just talking to B. John Robinson, he hasn't forgotten that performance that he had against Iowa State last year. I feel like it's a personal matter for him. And that's the best player on the team. And if he has a personal agenda to get something done, it's hard not to be like, okay, let's see, let's see what you got to do. Let's see what you're going to do. I mean, he talked about how he was going to be watching that Iowa State game again last year just to continue to remind himself about how poor his performance was. And I mean, we say so poor. I think he still finished with like 60 some yards rushing. I believe it was, I can't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it wasn't like he was, you know, 10 yards total rushing or something like that, but still it's hard for me to expect the run game to be a non-factor for the Texas offense against this Iowa state defense. And that's no disregard or disrespect to Iowa state's defense. It's more of the fact that 
when the best player on your team has is like a vendetta, like wanting to really right the wrongs from the last year. And that guy also happens to be probably the best running back in college football. I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to think that Iowa State's going to shut down this run game. And I could be totally wrong. It's just I I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. And speaking of vendetta, we we mentioned the revenge tour after the Oklahoma game that that was mentioned by Jatavian Sanders and Roshan Johnson. Steve Sarkeesian was asked about it on Monday and said, well, it's really not about the opponent. It's really about us and taking care of our business and finishing the way we want to finish in games. But let's be honest, it is about how they finished against certain teams last year. And Iowa state was one of them. In fact, you know, they led seven to three, Texas led that game seven to three at halftime and into the third quarter and then gave up 27 unanswered points. This is the game leaving Ames where Bo Davis was secret secretly recorded by a player on a team bus going off on players who were laughing and joking after him in which he said, you know, you think you bleeps think this is funny. You need to get in the transfer portal. You know, I just got my bleep kicked and, and he became a bit of a cult hero with Longhorns fans because at that time, uh, Texas was starting to tumble. You know, they had already lost to OU Oklahoma state and Baylor after giving up leads. Now, you know, another second half lead given up against Iowa state and Bo Davis sort of, he was sort of speaking for Longhorn fans at that point. Yeah. Now Taylor, you flash forward to where Texas is defensive lines playing. Well, we mentioned Jalen Ford secondary Ryan Watts. How about Ryan Watts, Marvin Mims, the leading receiver for Oklahoma and a guy who killed them a year ago. One catch for minus two yards against Texas. Like, there's reason to get excited about what we're seeing now. Now, Oklahoma had a tomato can at quarterback, and that's on Brent Venables. Have a have a loaded quarterback room or a better quarterback room. But there's reason, you know, for excitement, and there's some confidence filling up in the in the Texas confidence tank that. I think we're watching a similar path that Baylor took last year where you have this young quarterback, you know, it was Gary Bohannon during the season and then Blake Shapin, but you know, you had little signs of things going in the right direction and it's amazing what confidence can do to push you over the edge. And that's what I want to see this Saturday against Iowa state because Iowa State's defense is going to be locked in. I don't know how many people saw the Iowa State-K-State game last week, but there was a play where Malik Knowles is running for a 68-yard touchdown, and Anthony Johnson, the the safety, chases him down and punches the ball out, and it ends up being a touchback. It's like this unbelievable effort play from Anthony Johnson that kept Iowa State in the game. Iowa State was driving with a chance to, to kick a winning field goal and and just couldn't get into field goal range. And how weird is it that Jace Gilbert, the freshman kicker, he's nine of 12 kicking field goals this season. The only three he missed were all in the same game at Kansas. So, you know, there was some weird stuff going on that sort of messed with Iowa state season. There's some good stuff that's happening for Texas. I just think this is going to be a really good test of Coors ability to carve up one of the best defenses in college football. And if he does, Taylor, Mm -hmm. watch out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And at this point, Chip, I mean, is there reason to think he's not going to? He's pretty darn good. I mean, 9 of 12 against Alabama and uh, opened 14 of 16 against OU. Yeah, I mean, this is – and and mind you, he's played like – what, nine quarters of college football? That's, it's hard to really question him right now. And I think it's also hard to question a lot of the the skill players on offense and not even just skill players. I mean, even tight end. I mean, Jatavian Sanders is quietly putting together arguably one of the best seasons of a tight end that I can ever recall from when I was a student at Texas to covering Texas for the last 
however many, I'm not going to age myself by saying how much, but over a decade, I've covered Texas too. And I can't remember a tight end like that. Oh, and guess what? Six, uh, somebody is already served his six game suspension. Jaleel Billingsley returns. And he is a huge pass set, pass catching threat for the tight end position as well. I mean, this is, this is, in my opinion, I'm not trying to overcook things right now or anything like that, but you're seeing signs of change in Texas that I don't know if many people thought were possible after that Texas Tech game. And I spoke to a longtime football coach who I trust immensely. And after that Oklahoma game, he said straight up that this is the most talented Texas team that he can recall seeing dating back to the early 2000s when they were actually competing for national champions. And he said the same thing. He said that the secondary is something that you haven't seen for Texas in a very, very long time. The amount of players that they do have in the secondary is uh, it's different. It's way different than last season. And he's been really impressed by the the true freshman offense alignment too. I mean, Calvin Banks, my goodness, he's been, he's been, I, I expected him to be good eventually. Like, you know, he was a five-star for a reason. I didn't expect him to be just absolutely playing anywhere close, I would say, to the way that he's playing now. And it's almost like the offensive line is playing a little bit with a defensive line mentality. And I think that's what you want to see, honestly. And that's something Texas has really lacked up front. And you put all of these pieces together, especially the fact, and you mentioned Jalen Ford, middle line, you know, the linebacker position. These are all huge questions that Texas had entering the season, the secondary linebacker play, offensive line play. Can the defense get any type of pressure on the quarterbacks? I mean, everything is starting to shape up to be answering for Texas to really be answering the call and answering, I guess, more silencing a lot of the questions that people had for them entering the season. Now there's a tough stretch of games. There's no doubt about it. Iowa state. Look, I, I think you can probably, get rid of the record for any of the remaining opponents on Texas schedule right now. This is going to be a really tough stretch the following six games in the season. But if Texas continues to play the way that they have been, this is, this is a could unfold in a, in a really positive way. I'd say for Steve Sarkeesian in year two. And that's the key is that week to week improvement. The sign of a well-coached team is week to week improvement and I think this Iowa State game is a perfect dress rehearsal for Texas to go on the road the next two games with a bye week separating the trip to Stillwater, October 22nd, then the off week, and then you go to K-State November 5th. And those are two teams that are playing really good defense. They, uh, Oklahoma State, is getting great quarterback play from Spencer Sanders, K-State getting great quarterback play from Adrian Martinez, especially with his legs. Um, running quarterbacks have been a problem uh, for Texas in the past for everybody, but especially for, for Texas. And, you know, I think that this Iowa State game, um, the Iowa State defense, I'll say, because I don't know what's going on with the Iowa State offense. Like Hunter Deckers is not responding well to pressure. I would expect Texas to bring the heat against Hunter Deckers uh, this this weekend, and maybe the Texas defense, um, you know, grabs a couple more turnovers after after having only two through the first five games. They collected two against Oklahoma uh, to double their count. They're still the only team in the Big Twelve that has not yet recovered a fumble, Taylor. Uh, the Texas Longhorns, but, um, and all their turnovers have been <laughs> secured by Deshaun Jameson and Jade Barron. They each have two interceptions, but, you know, I think this is a really good test of Bijan Robinson, Quinn Ewers, this Texas offense, the offensive line, being able to impose their will on one of the best defenses in the country, and then maybe having to run out the clock with their running game uh, because that's something that Texas couldn't do at Texas tech. And I'm, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to throw the confetti or pop champagne until I see this team do it on the road. Uh, they're two and six under Steve Sarkeesian away from Austin after the win over Oklahoma. And so that was a neutral site game. The one 
true road game they played at Texas Tech, they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, are they getting over the hump mentally? Um, and can they do that on the road? Because I think that's that's going to be a big question. And I think Quinn Ewers, um, you know, his ability to get through that Iowa State defense, that's going to set him up to go on the road where he's going to face some more of that three high safety look uh, teams that are going to play that three, eight cloud that Iowa state has perfected. And, and then I think, you know, if Quinn Ewers is still just chopping up these defenses, we're, we're looking at something special. We're not, not quite there yet, but he's showing signs of it. And that's, that's going to feed the whole team. Taylor, you saw it with Vince young. I saw it with Vince young. When you have a quarterback who can, you know, take apart any defense, not only do offensive players on your team get more confidence, the defense and special teams believe they're going to win because of that quarterback and they start to play with more confidence. And that's, that's something special that we haven't seen around here for a long time. Yeah. And I think one thing also to consider chip is that the Texas OU game obviously was Quinn Ewers first game away from home. He didn't play, you know, in that road game at Texas Tech. And and let's be honest, the quarterback play was not the reason why Texas lost that game either. Because um, I, I do feel like there's this, like, narrative, like, oh, if Quinn Ewers would have been healthy all year, Texas would be undefeated. And possibly, we, we just don't know how that would have played out. But I don't think the quarterback play was the reason for the two losses in any way, shape, or form. It was a, it was a team uh, effort to those losses, honestly. And I feel like it's a little bit unfair for to say that about like when those are the games that Hudson Card, you know, was was called upon when he was playing through injury as well. Um, when you talk about Quinn Ewers and you know just his ability to can, if he can continue to play the way he's been playing, it gives con- confidence around. I think the other thing too is his demeanor. I mean, we talked about this after the Texas OU game. We've talked about it all year, ever since we had Riley Dodge on the podcast back in the spring, talking about that even-keeled demeanor. The players are talking about it, too, where it gives them, it kind of calms them down a little bit, knowing that the quarterback, the guy that touches the ball every play on offense, you know, is the one that is as cool as a cucumber. And that 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 can pay dividends, honestly, because it's it sounds like, at least from the OU game, it sounds like it's a contagious type of mentality. And that is something you want that every day. And that's, that's a special characteristic that is, I mean, if he could keep that calm demeanor in that atmosphere inside the cotton bowl, obviously he had that, that bad interception, but still he didn't come back out and throw another interception. And Steve Sarkeesian said one thing with Quinn Ewers is he's very coachable in games. And if he makes a mistake, he's going to do everything he possibly can to make sure that he doesn't make that mistake twice. And you, and he believes it. And that's where he accepts coaching really well. He keeps that even keeled, you know, calm, cool, collected type of demeanor. That is a, a trait you can't teach. That that's a that is a natural trait that people have. It's kind of similar to, in my opinion, leadership. I've always felt like people can try their best to be, you know, a vocal leader, but if it's not natural, people can see through that. Like you can see through when somebody is, you know, trying to force something that is not natural to them. And having that type of calm demeanor is something that is a natural trait that Quinn Ewers has. It's a special trait. It's especially, you know, a young quarterback who has played, again, nine quarters of college football. The fact that he's still in in one of the most hostile environments in college football was able to keep that. That shouldn't be overlooked. And if he can continue that, then it's going to be hard to count Texas out in a lot of these games to me. Yeah. Even though there's a tough stretch of games, three road games coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, the, the Texas schedule is back loaded, but that's when you want it to happen. I mean, you, you want your team to build and build and build, keep getting better, show that week to week improvement, get more comfortable um, with each other, the communication, all of that, so that you're playing your best football at the end of the year. And right now that looks like the arc that Texas is on and and I think this Iowa State game is going to be a really interesting test. If we come back um, and do our post-game uh, podcast on you know Saturday, and we're talking about Texas covering, 
you know, I think they're favored by 16 right now. And as you said, has Iowa State given up 16 points in their last two games? No. Um, and and they've played two of the better teams right now in the in the Big 12 the last two weeks in in Kansas and Kansas State. If Can we're you talking just repeat that, just repeat that real quick. <laughs> just repeat really that? that real quick. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Kansas, Great. Kansas State, two of the best teams in the Big 12. And, you know, you look at the schedule. You're, we mentioned um, after Iowa State, it's road games at Oklahoma State, the off week, then at K-State, and then it's TCU. And TCU is the team right now that everybody's chasing uh, them in the state, and they're playing this weekend. So uh, we'll have a lot to, to talk about when we uh, – when we come out of this game, but a couple interesting nuggets, Taylor, uh, Tariq Milton, the, the former I receiver, he grad transferred to Texas. He had a, his best catch, unfortunately came in a loss. He had that, uh, 28 yard reception late, uh, in the Texas tech game that helped Texas move into field goal range to push that game into overtime with no timeouts. It was a tiptoe, uh, catch along the sideline. But Tariq Milton caught a touchdown against Texas in this game a year ago. It was a trick play. And Texas players said it demoralized them because Iowa State came out in the third quarter. They run the trick play. It's a double pass. Xavier Hutchinson throws it to Tariq Milton. Uh, and that sort of you know, unloaded the, the floodgates for Iowa State as they you know, scored 27 unanswered points in that win in Ames. Tariq Milton, you know, he's going to know some stuff. There might be some little nuggets here and there that uh, that he can pass along to uh, to the to the Texas uh, to his Texas teammates. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Well, and there's also when you say that TC is the other team in the Big Twelve that the uh, you know conference opponents are chasing as well. Texas has a pretty uh, pretty reliable source on their staff who knows TCU's personnel pretty well too. And yeah. Gary Patterson. So that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, Taylor, you look at, uh, you look at where Texas is, um, you know, you're trying to poke holes and say, okay, what are the areas for concern coming off of that win against Oklahoma? That's a pretty, uh, that was a pretty solid, victory all the way around um the only interception the only turnover of the game was a ball that slipped out of the hand of quinn ewers he he jokingly well he told steve sarkeesian when he came off the field because sarkeesian said what happened and he said it slipped out of my hand and then he said maybe it hit the wire for that aerial camera yeah even well, though we he, talked about that in the press box, there was a um, one of the media members was sitting next to me, and he's like, "Did that hit the camera?" I was like, "I don't feel like it hit the camera, but maybe the wire. I don't know because it didn't like divert as much if it would have hit a camera, but maybe I don't know. Maybe he did." Yeah, and then you were <laughs> said yesterday. Yeah, he's like, "I knew it didn't hit the wire. I was just trying to, trying to be funny." <laughs> so that's you know the fact that they're joking about that, and they and Sarkeesian says after the game that was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Um, shows there's a real comfort level between Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers already a trust factor. Uh, it wasn't nervous banter between the two about, you know, a turnover early in the third quarter when you're trying to <clears throat> put the game away, you're up 28 to nothing. You want to keep pouring it on. Uh, the Texas defense responded, obviously no points scored. Um, and then <clears throat> as you bring in younger players into that game, you had the, you know, young freshman offensive lineman. You had Jonathan Brooks running wild. It's hard to poke holes in that in that game and and come out of it with, you know, coaches sometimes like to win close so that they have stuff they can, you know, get on the players about to to keep them on edge and really you know drive them heading into the next game. There was a lot of good in that win over Oklahoma. Steve Sarkeesian's going to have to fight hard this week. Uh, and that's why I think he's using this revenge tour thing, you know, whether it's more about Texas players and finishing and handling their business, whatever it is, he's going to have to keep his team 
on edge because this this looks like a game where you could relax a little. Yeah, no, for sure. And and everybody's talking up Texas right now. I mean, they accomplished something that had not been accomplished in 57 years in uh, shutting out Oklahoma. And it wasn't just a, you know, a 14 nothing shutout, 49 to nothing shutout with the chance to get 52 points too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I will say when we talk about like the freshman offensive line play, if you are, if you're on Twitter, go look up, I apologize to this media member because he's, he's new covering Texas here, but he works for KVU, Corey Mose. He posted an angle of Kelvin Banks getting after um, Justin oh, Broyles. Yeah, Justin Broyles for Oklahoma. And it's like, that's that dog mentality that Texas hasn't played with. And I sent that to a, a coach and I said, what, I was like, just watch, watch after Roshan Johnson, you know, hits the ground, what happens next? And he was like, Texas hasn't had that in a long time. And that's a true freshman. That was honestly one of my favorite plays of the game because we were in the press box and we're like, look at Kelvin Banks. Look at him go. Like we didn't even know like what had happened or anything. Corey Mose at Corey underscore Mose on Twitter. He has his angle field angle, like at the corner of the end zone type of angle of this play. And it is spectacular to see if you're a Texas fan, just watch that on repeat and hope that that type of mentality becomes uh, contagious because that was something special and that's a true freshman. And, you know, I feel like that kind of is a summation of all of what Texas is playing with coming out of that OU game. Now they have to keep it going. I mean, let's see how, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's talked all all season, all off season about shutting out the noise, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the best teams are the ones that they can be hyped one week, they could be bashed the next week, but if they keep the same approach, then they'll be good. That's how elite teams continue to play. That's, that's the Nick Saban, you know, keep the rat poison kind of out of the locker room. Texas has a lot of rat poison right now in a good way, like in their favor coming out of that OU game. And you don't want to be caught in the trap, you know, with the the rat poison sitting there too. So I think this is going to be a, a, a good mental test. I think the offense, obviously this, aside from Alabama, this is this, I would say easily the best defense Texas will face in big 12 play, at least um, Alabama's defense, obviously elite too. Um, let's see Quinn Ewers in four quarters of it. He, he had one quarter against that Alabama defense and he did pretty well in that one quarter. So uh, he's got to continue to bring it. And I think, I, I don't know, Chip, I, I just kind of have a, I have a good feeling and I haven't had that feeling about Texas in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. How does Texas handle success? Everyone's waiting for Texas to get all fat and happy on their press clippings. And and I, I'm waiting for it too, a little bit, you know, like. you know, take a swan dive on a banana peel <laughs> or a banana in the tailpipe. And, and we'll see, we'll see if this team is about it. And, and I think this, this game against Iowa state is going to be a great test, especially for this offense, um, which uh, needed to, uh, you know, keep the, the ground game going against Texas tech couldn't do it. And the defense, um, you know, got burned out on fourth down and that game got away. And so let's see how much progress has been made uh, since that game. And then in preparation for these two monster games uh, before the season, I picked Oklahoma state and K state to be in the big 12 title game. Well, Texas is going to play them back to back on the road after this Iowa state game. So let's see if Texas can keep climbing the staircase of improvement, um, which again is something we just haven't seen on a consistent basis um, around here for a long time. Saw it a, a, a bit in 2018 um, and then it fell off again. And, and that's what you're looking for. You're just looking for that ability to keep climbing the staircase and, and play your best football at the end of the year. Yeah, it's All like right. that old that old banner that when Mac Brown was the head coach at Texas and where the players would walk down the tunnel onto the field, they would put a banner up every November and it said people remember November. Yeah. And that's a it's a good saying. It, it's an I mean it's definitely a, a Mac Brown, you know he came up with that one right type of saying, but it is true. And this is the time that people are going to remember. Um this is a time where Texas can also erase some of the can erase the Texas Tech memories in a sense if they continue to play well yeah all the teams like we said all the teams left on texas's schedule 
are the teams that look like the the title contenders. Tech played really well with Baron Morton, a freshman at Oklahoma State. That game was a one-possession game. I mean, Oak State ended up winning it by 10, but that game was in doubt um, until the final you know, three minutes uh, of that game. So Tech playing really hard under Joey McGuire. That was that win may not look as bad at the end of the year, but you were up 31-17 with 427 left in the third quarter. You got to close that out. Let's see how Texas's uh, you know confidence level and uh, ability to you know believe and trust in each other has progressed. And and as you mentioned, Kelvin Banks, I gotta I gotta jump in on that. That was fantastic. It he was about to pancake Justin Broyles yeah. on that play, and Broyles grabbed Banks' face mask and started pulling him. And so Banks grabbed his face mask and shoved him backward. And then um, Caden Davis, the OU corner, came over to try to push Banks off of Broyles, and Banks shoved him too. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned it on Monday and said, you know, he's a pretty mild-mannered kid. I kind of liked seeing this. And Rojan Johnson said, I was surprised, but it got me going. So <laughs> – yeah, it's it's that is good stuff. And that's that's little stuff that ends up building faith and trust and confidence in each other. They now look at Calvin Banks like, don't mess with this dude, you know? Don't mess and with this what you probably 18-year-old. <laughs> no doubt. Wild. All right. Uh you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break. But stick around because we have more preview talk for Texas Iowa State coming up. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Chip, you ready for some love it or leave it? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, and by the way, um, as of Tuesday, so at, we're recording Tuesday, Texas is currently a 16 and a half point favorite over Iowa State. So just so we have that. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Okay. First one for you is love it or leave it. Tight end Jatavian Sanders will lead Texas in touchdown receptions this season. How about this? Um, tight end was like a question coming into this season. And now Jatavian Sanders is tied with Xavier Hutchinson for the Big 12 lead in touchdown receptions with five. He has more touchdown receptions than Xavier Worthy, who has four. Um I he love has more this. touchdown receptions than any receiver. Yeah. At Texas. I mean, I love this kid. He his teammates talk about him as a leader. And the coaches as a leader. And I see it. I feel it. I love talking to this guy after games because he gets it. He's the one who said, if we don't have the best week of practice ever, you know, Alabama can embarrass us. And that's that's some grown-up stuff right there for a guy who's really in his first year of college football, even though he redshirted last year. Um, you know what? 
Taylor, I love this story right now. And Quinn Ewers and he have a great connection. So this is a legit question. I have to, I'm going to leave this because I don't know. I mean, maybe Jatavian Sanders is, is Travis Kelsey, you know, and, and Quinn Ewers is Patrick Mahomes and maybe Jatavian Sanders will lead this team in touchdown receptions. I just know that Xavier Worthy can go off. And, um, and so I'm going to leave this because I still think Xavier Worthy is going to lead the team in touchdown receptions, but man, Jatavian Sanders might have the best hands on the team. And Sark said that too. Sark said that. Mm -hmm. Sark said Jatavian Sanders is the best hands on the team. And everybody saw that steam route he caught against OU and the same route he caught against Louisiana Monroe. Um, this kid's special and he can, he, he's developing into a complete player and uh, a lot of fun. I'm going to leave this, but wow, this kid's been a big time, pleasant surprise. How about you, Taylor? I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to love it because I think that there is a connection that he show, has shown with Quinn Ewers, especially that, you know, that first touchdown pass that he had to Tavian Sanders against Oklahoma was just a thing of beauty. Honestly, I mean, that was perfectly placed. He caught it. I mean, there was no question the minute that ball left Quinn Ewers' hands, we're like, that's going for six. Like you just knew. And they've only had a few quarters of college football to build that. And I really think that this, this kid is a, a very, very special kid. Um, you know, he, he worked a lot. He worked extensively with Jeff Banks. I remember fall camp in going into the 2021 season, Jeff Banks was solo working one-on-one -on -one with Jatavian Sanders because it was their goal to get him to become a more complete tight end, not just a pass catching tight end like he was in high school. And it's hard for me not to think that what you saw between the two of them in the OU game is not going to continue. So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. I'm, I'm going to love this. I'm going to say that Jatavian Sanders will lead Texas in touchdown receptions. I really want to see Jordan Whittington get a touchdown though. I mean, this kid, he gives us all on every play and he had the, you know, the chance to catch one against Oklahoma. You could tell he was beating himself up after um, he missed that, that um, pass from Coyneers in the end zone. But I want to see Jordan Whittington get in the end zone because he is just a special player. He's just kind of the heartbeat, I think, a little bit of the team when it comes to a leader. He does everything right. He's always giving 100% effort as a um, when he's trying to catch a ball, when he's blocking for other players to get them into the end zone. I really want to see Jordan Whittington get into the end zone for the first time this season, maybe against Iowa state. We'll see. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the hype on the uh, Jatavian Sanders and Quinn Ewers connection here and say that Jatavian Sanders will lead Texas in touchdown receptions this season. Yeah. Jordan Whittington with a great block Xavier worthy with a great block as well on the touchdown pass to Keelan Robinson. Um, and Jordan Whittington probably had the best catch in the OU game, a full layout catch early in the game where he was i mean literally had to dive and lay out caught it with his hands got up big time fist pump uh really got his teammates going and uh that that was a harbinger of things to come in that game for sure all right love it or leave it number two. Second one is if quinn ewers can carve up the iowa state defense this saturday it will be time to acknowledge the Longhorns have something special at QB. Love it or leave it. Um, man, this is tempting, but I cannot, I cannot love this until I see him do it in hostile territory. Um, the Cotton Bowl is chaotic territory and and crazy atmosphere. Like it messes with your mind, as we've said, because the sound never goes down. Now, Texas was rolling, so they yeah. just felt like that sound was, you know, for them and they were being carried around like an emperor on, you know, a rickshaw. But um, I'm going to leave this because I need to see Quinn Ewers do it in Stillwater and I need to see him do it in Manhattan because those are those are places where where Colt McCoy and and Vince Young proved themselves. And, um, you know, I may eat all this and eat, you know, after if 
Ewers just does something silly against Iowa State, I may be coming back and saying, okay, never mind. But <laughs> I'm going to leave this for right now because uh, even though Iowa State has the number one scoring defense, run defense, pass defense, this game is in Austin, and I need to see it in a true hostile environment. Taylor, how about you? I mean, so I, maybe I'll eat my words on this too. I'm going to leave it, but I'm going to leave it in the sense that I think it's already time to acknowledge it. I don't necessarily think that there – I mean, just thinking about the fact that he has only played in what – two complete football games at the college level. So he's had nine quarters of play and he is just, he's, he's different. He's different. He's a different guy. He's all, everything is advertised. I would say at least so far. And it's hard for me to sit here and say that the time isn't now to acknowledge that the Longhorns have something special at quarterback with Quinn Ewers. And, and that's not me knocking Hudson card, Hudson card. If he transfers, he will transfer and start at a power five program like mark my words I will I would bet my I'm not a betting person I will bet money on that and so I'm, I don't want it to seem like I'm like oh he's some scrub now they finally have something special I don't feel that way at all I feel like they have two really um talented quarterbacks but Quinn Ewers just has an it factor that he has showed he's showed it in that atmosphere in the cotton bowl that can be a daunting atmosphere for anybody to play in let alone a guy that you know that was his first start since for a month, that was the first time he saw the field for a month. You know, I mean, it's it's hard not to look at his performance against Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma is a very embattled team. I'm not saying that this is the same OU team of, you know, the last like five years or the same OU team that Texas has faced under, you know, Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. It's obviously a, a, a much lesser opponent and um, they have a lot of work to do. But take that out of the equation. He's making some throws that are just like, oh my gosh, like you see him and you're just like dumbfounded a little bit, you know, and that touchdown pass to Tavian Sanders. I mean, my, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. That thing was a thing of beauty. Like I could, I mean, there, it couldn't have been any more perfect. And so I, I think that I'm going to leave it on the sense and say that it's already the time to acknowledge that Texas has something special at quarterback and Quinn Ewers. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, two of the best pass rushers are coming up on the schedule. Will McDonald for Iowa State. Guy's a monster. He's their career sack leader. And then uh, Felix uh, Adyadama Yuzoka <laughs> from Kansas State. We just call him Felix. Felix from Kansas State, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, who is having a great year. Uh, those will be a couple of good tests coming up. Um, but you're right. I mean, he's got a – you know, it's funny – Hudson card has a better statistical year going right now. Mm -hmm. Hudson card has six touchdown passes, one interception. He's completing 69% of his passes. Ewers has six touchdown passes, two interceptions, and he's completing 68% of his passes. But there is a different feel because he lets go of the ball. I mean, Quinn Ewers, as soon as he sees it, he lets go of the ball. He does not hold it. Um, and that's, that's a, uh, that's a gift that's special. And, uh, that's a really mature thing, um, that quarterbacks usually have to build trust with receivers over a longer period of time than, um, than, you know, a spring and, and fall camp. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's going to be fun to watch this kid. I know that. All right. Love it or leave it. Number three. All right, the final one is love it or leave it. Steve Sarkeesian will dial up a double pass to former Iowa State receiver Tariq Milton for a touchdown this week. Okay, that would be so cold. That would be <laughs> sick. So be like ice water in your beans cold. <laughs> do it. Do it, Sark. You know, how about how sweet would that be? Like it you got it on the receiving end last year and it helped demoralize your team. How about you dial up a double pass for a touchdown to Tariq Milton in the third quarter of this week's game? I'm going to love this just because I want it to happen. <laughs> Let's go, Sark. Sark, if anyone can do it, it's Sark. We've already seen a double pass for a touchdown this year. Xavier Worthy threw one to Jatavian Sanders against West Virginia. So let's uh, – hell yes. I'm going to love this. Uh, give Tariq Milton some love. And do it with a double pass in the third quarter. 
going to love this. Taylor, how about you? I'm going to agree. I, I'm going to love it because I want to see it. Um, I want to see Tariq Milton at least get an opportunity to score a touchdown, though, too, because I feel like he he's not, you know, really getting a ton of opportunity right now. But um, I, I, I you mentioned, you know, the the catch he had against uh, Texas Tech that really set up that field goal to force or, you know, put them in field goal territory to go to overtime in that game. Um, he seems like a reliable guy out there and it would just be great to see him score a touchdown against his former team. I would love it to be a double pass too. So, uh, let's see if, uh, Xavier worthy can go, uh, two for two maybe, or maybe a different receiver. I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to love it just cause I want to see it too. Yeah. Roshan Johnson can do it. Xavier oh, yeah. Worthy's already shown he can do it. I like it. All right. Lots of uh, lots of glowing stuff going on. A lot of burnt orange glow uh, <laughs> surrounding this flagship podcast at midseason. Can you believe we're at midseason already? It's crazy. Crazy. But Texas trending in the right direction. We'll see how it all plays out on Saturday at 11 a.m. against Iowa State. And we will... Uh, have a recap of that game shortly after the game. So make sure you check back in uh, with the flagship podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. Uh, feel free to go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you're enjoying the, the show. I mean, Sam Acho said that this is the only podcast he listens to. Sam Acho is on ESPN and doing great things. So, folks, come on. Let's go. <laughs> And that All was right. unprovoked by us. Like he, he approached us in the press box and went out of his way during halftime when he was calling a, what game, was that the UTSA game? I think it was on Longhorn yep. Network. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Um, <laughs> all right. So for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Until then, stay safe and keep the faith.